It's Monday. It's September 28th. And the word of the day is sonder, which means the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, and inherited craziness. An epic story that continues invisibly around you like an anthill sprawling deep underground with elaborate passageways to thousands of other lives that you'll never know existed, in which you might appear only once as an extra sipping coffee in the background, as a blur of traffic passing on the highway, as a lighted window at dusk. Used in a sentence, Sonder is stupid. Most people are boring. <laughs> That's dumb. The rest of society always trying to make it about them and not me. It's not about you. Yeah, definitely a word invented by someone who's never had to make small talk in an elevator. I'm sorry, what were you, what were you guys talking about? I was worried about my own shit over here. <laughs> I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, Lindsey Graham just needs about tree fitty. We'll usher in the death of democracy with a chorus of fart noises. And everyone should check out the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, where Sonder was neologized. You know, in case your collection of regular ubiquitous sorrows is not quite cut. <laughs> <laughs> but first, well, I mean, the intro music is done. So, that, mm, yeah. so now, now, headlines. Headlines now. Headlines Great. now. Joining me for headlines tonight are my fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. So, gentlemen, win, lose, or draw, will you today promise to peacefully accept the download numbers for this podcast? I no said we'll see, Heath. We okay. will see. Look, if, if if you get rid of those metrics, I'll be fine with it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> get rid of those numerals. <laughs> More on that coming right up. But first, in our lead story tonight... Welcome to Thunderdome, motherfuckers. Yeah. It's official. <laughs> Words have no meaning and there are no rules. So, as everybody knows, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, one of the greatest people in American history, is gone. And despite the policy invented by Republicans in 2016 to steal a Supreme Court seat that says the nomination should wait until after an election year, and despite RBG's very literal dying wishes, Yeah. She's probably getting replaced by Antonia Scalia, <laughs> also known as Amy Coney Barrett, who looks like the chair of Hogwarts Phrenology Department. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard when things like this happen, because I, I know people want us to stop saying you should have voted for Hillary Clinton. But if you didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, you got to understand, it's like you hit us with your car in 2016. And each week since then, we've had to come up with jokes about our limp. You know? <laughs> and you, but you also kind of hit yourself with a car, and well, you don't yeah, even right. know it. And you also have also a limp. Limping, but yeah. So no. To, but I, I want to be clear here, and I don't want to fuck up your joke by over-explaining anything, uh, Heath. But I'm half of the people who have to decipher Eli's script on a weekly basis. Uh, words do still have meaning, and there are still rules. Eli Heath was just using a figure of speech. Just for you, yes. We'll right. see. Correct. We so. will see. I will have a peaceful transition power <laughs> right away from you. So just in case you haven't been following the Christian white power Rocky montage that is Amy Coney Barrett's <laughs> career, here's a quick rundown. She's an anti-choice theocrat. She's against the Affordable Care Act. And of course, she's against bigger steps like removing privatized health insurance and creating Medicare for all. She's in favor of Citizens United a giant continued threat to democracy, and 
She literally belongs to a religious cult. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. That cult is called Roman Catholicism. (laughs) She's also part of an even crazier somehow subcult called People of Praise that's somehow too crazy for even the Catholic Church. Yeah. The world's number one ranked pedophile cabal felt like it had to distance itself from people of praise. They don't recognize them. But (laughs) even if Barrett doesn't really believe in her cults, she does. But even if she doesn't, her entire body of rulings is basically the definition of lawful evil because our laws are fucking ridiculous. Except she's in the reality universe, the real reality one instead of a D&D fantasy universe, which makes her, I would say, even more dangerous than Donald Trump in a lot of ways because she's evil and she's intelligent. And she's going to be in power for decades until she feels right, like well, not being or dies. Yeah, if you if you start the clock now, then yeah, she's definitely more dangerous. Yeah. 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 I also love that not one but two news outlets have put out articles debunking the idea that The Handmaid's Tale, like the book, <laughs> is based on her cult. They had, they had to debunk that. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And, and by the way, those articles all say, yes, they use the same words, but it's it's actually a very different Catholic... Speaking in tongues <laughs> cult that assigns a, a handmaid to all the women. I, I, I've also seen plenty of bullshit hot takes to try to equate these very legitimate misgivings about the wacky death cult she belongs to with anti-Catholic prejudice, which is insane when you consider the current makeup of the Supreme Court. Yeah. For the record, the current Catholics on the court include Kavanaugh, Sotomayor, Alito, Thomas, and John fucking Roberts. 56% of the court, 22% of the U.S. population. But hey, yeah, maybe you know, someday we can finally overcome this fucking bias, huh? Maybe someday they'll get their own president. Also, no, I'm going to have anti-Catholic bias because Catholicism is stupid. Well, also, and they rape a lot of kids. You pay for the raping There's of that. the kids. That's, that is a big part of their thing. Small factor in, in my decision to continue with my anti-Catholic bias. Their yep. main export. It's their big thing. All right, so here's the situation. Unless we get at least four Republican senators to defect and refuse to confirm fucking platonic Karen, Mm -mm. she's going to be on the Supreme Court for a lifetime appointment. Uh And just for the record, she's 48 years old. Jesus. She's she's one of those super fun, healthy people who's probably never had a drink or a smoke in her life. I bet she's a fucking blast. And she's clearly protected by the dark magic boon of her demon familiar. So she's not going anywhere. And that defection by four Republicans is highly unlikely, even though we've heard one that announced she'll do it, Murkowski. Yeah, fuck her. And and probably lying, we'll find out. exactly. (laughs) Right, so that's highly unlikely. So we should probably just accept it and move on to the next step, which is, of course, lying, cheating, stealing, and doing all the other perfectly legal things that make up a winning political strategy in this country. We're playing against evil, bigoted Bill Belichick. Uh, Okay, sorry. Wordy. We're playing against Bill Belichick (laughs) and we need to cheat right back. And here's the good news. Took a while to get there. Sorry about that. But there is some good news, I guess. The White House is winnable and the Senate is actually winnable too, or at Mm -hmm. least tieable, theoretically. The latest polling shows that a 50-50 Senate is not out of the question. That was definitely not the case a year ago. And if Biden wins, 
Kamala Harris would break any ties if it goes to 50-50. So that's step one right there. That's not even lying, cheating, and stealing. Step one is just vote correctly, by the way. And if we manage to have the House, Senate, and White House for even half a term right away or any time in the future, if we get that, we need to spend the entire time Belichicking the fuck out of all the rules, doing it right yes. back, and and making us have an advantage again. Right, like no, hey, great news by the way. We got a memo from Michelle Obama. Turns out high road is relative. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and based on the subterranean lava mine the GOP's been lurching through for the last four years, that term now includes all the roads but this one. <laughs> so. Also, I, I don't want to be a downer, but. That does nothing to change the fact that we will now have to hope that we can make the judicial branch of our government impotent for the next 40 years. Like, ah, that's okay. I don't think we had any laws that needed tweaking. It's fine. It's fine. No, no, there's a way around that. Possibly, it's not fine. We're going to get to the yeah. way. Yes. <laughs> anyway, moving on to step two. And here it is. We need to pack the court to cancel out the stolen seats. Yes. We need to do that. Plus, we need to have several other seats as a penalty for stealing and cheating and lying. And technically, I found out there's absolutely no age requirement for the Supreme Court. Or That's educational requirement, no. No, there's no requirements. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking about a handful of left-wing fetuses. <laughs> yeah. And those are full-fledged people, according to the GOP. What are they going to say? They're not? Yeah, right. I want... Fucking come and over in a robe next to fucking John Roberts. But, okay, here's, here's the counter argument that does set a dangerous precedent. If the Republicans take over again, they'll bend all the rules they can to do the same thing right back. But here's the thing. They already fucking did that. Yep. The dangerous precedent is already set and already used to steal power. Regardless of what we do, the GOP is going to lie, cheat, and steal in the future. That's obvious. So... Let's at least force them to accomplish that each time, especially as ignorant boomers keep dying and the average American becomes more liberal. That makes it harder for them. And if there's going to be some kind of, you know, truce about no more stealing the Supreme Court in the future, that might happen. We need to make sure we got in at least an equal amount of stealing before that happens. Right. Right, yeah, we put in three in the first year and say, okay, one more a year until you agree with us to pass this fucking amendment to lock, to lock this number in, right? So We're going like, to murder one of these fetuses every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, the choice now is a SCOTUS that leans the way of the presidency and the Senate whenever those two happen to align, right, and continues that way for the foreseeable future, or right. a SCOTUS that leans the way Donald Trump leans for 40 fucking years. Right, yeah. That's what it is now. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, if Joe Biden does win, and I hope he does, two years later, we would still need those same voters not to get lazy and lose us the House yes. and the Senate again, right? So we need a sustained political attention span after the bad president is gone. And, well, honestly, we know how well that works out. So, <sighs> okay, well, that brings us to step three. And this is a big one. The Senate is a giant fucking scam. It's the more powerful House of yeah. Congress, and it's a blatant hack of democracy. The, the people of Wyoming have equal power in the Senate, the more powerful body of Congress. They have equal power as the people of California, Wyoming and California. Wyoming has about half a million people, and California has about 80 times that Jesus many. Jesus Christ. And somehow, those two groups of people have equal say about 
you know, confirming a Supreme Court justice or convicting a Russian asset in the White House who got impeached <laughs> or passing any law ever through the Senate. They have equal power in those processes. So at the very least, we need to make the House the more powerful body somehow. Even with the ongoing campaign of legalized gerrymandering that we could start fixing with a packed court, but even with all that cheating in play, we flipped the House in 2018. And if we add mandatory voting to the equation, mm. it's going to be really hard for the GOP to ever right. flip it back. Yeah, right. I mean, there are very few actual quote unquote fixes for this country, but anti-gerrymandering legislation is one of them. And mandatory voting. Uh, mandatory yeah. voting, more important, I, I, I think, yeah, absolutely, because there could, at least theoretically, be good gerrymandering if you used it to ensure minority representation. We need right? to Belichick the shit out so, of gerrymandering well, until we cancel so, out the but, gerrymandering. Exactly, too, yeah. and we need to Belichick all of this shit, right? Because, like, you can't make the House more powerful than the Senate without constitutional amendments that would require some states to sign off on losing some of their power, right? I can't imagine that ever happening, so my proposal is we Belichick that shit, too. 500,001 liberals need to bite the bullet and move to Wyoming or yeah let's however we can figure out to Belichick that like make it so senators have to be approved before they can vote by the house I don't know like there's there's got to be some hacks around that where we don't have to get two-thirds of states to agree to a senate losing power thing there's got to be a hack whatever we should figure it out I like I like the five five hundred thousand in one I, well, liberal so thing. The, but the problem is so that's the thing is that we need to lean into the cheats until everybody wants to fix them Right. Yeah. That's how exactly. you get those rules changed as you lean into the cheat and you just keep cheating until everybody's like, oh, yeah, we do have to fix this shit, don't we? Right. It becomes untenable. But if only half of the thing is it, it's not untenable yet, it's or yeah. at least not to a whole bunch of people. It's ridiculous. So we're, we're cheating. And uh, also one other thing before we wrap up the story. One last thing about Amy Coney Barrett. So I've been trying to figure out. What's going on with her insane, terrifying gaze? Sure. It's very yeah. disconcerting. Mm -hmm. It's very off-putting. It's scary. Um, so you know how Michelle Bachman, she's always staring very fondly at a magical floating penis in the air right next to her? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Barrett's doing the same thing or something similar in all the images I found, but with a different floating object. What is that object? Do you guys have any ideas? What's Amy Coney Barrett's... Magical floating penis. <laughs> Ooh, uh, maybe it's like a, a Lady Macbeth knife that only kills people without health insurance. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> she sees it. Pointing. Excited. It's like an expired coupon that she will be getting credit for. Oh, I yeah, don't know. Definitely. All right. Well, while I set up the hashtag Amy Coney Barrett's magical floating penis, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> we can all workshop it together on Twitter. And uh, while that happens, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, The Great Courses Plus. Hi, I'm No Illusions. I'm Heath Enright. And I'm Eli Bosnick. You know, we love a lot of things about our listeners. Like the stylish way they pull off a goatee. Or how on point your selfie game is. That's right. Clap hands, clap hands, clap hands. But what we love most about our listeners is their love of learning. Whether it's pointing out a cool detail we missed or challenging us to delve into a new topic. Because our listeners love to expand their minds as much as we do. Well, as much as Noah and Heath do. Yeah, 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 good catch. And that's why we love The Great Courses Plus. 
Yeah, lately I've been listening to the history of Christianity from the Disciples to the Dawn of the Reformation, an amazingly detailed 36-lecture series from Luke Timothy Johnson, who's so qualified to teach this course, two of his names are books of the New Testament. It's an honest, unapologetic look back at the history of Christianity's rise to power from a phenomenally engaging lecturer. And that's just one of the thousands of lectures available, covering everything from history to cooking to biology to business and so much more. And now's the perfect time to sign up for The Great Courses Plus. Our listeners can check out any course or lecture for free today. That's free access to their entire library. Don't wait any longer. Sign up today using our special URL. Start your free trial today at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. The Great Courses Plus. Because you love to learn, and we love that about you. we're back next up in headlines in oh say can you cdc news it's been a bad year for the centers of disease control first they okay well they did a goof and a plague the opposite of their job happened that was a pretty big whoopsie yeah and now they wait (laughs) and then you know during the peak of said whoopsie plague in spite of you know really having our heads wrapped around germ theory for some time now they told everybody they didn't need masks which wasn't great but don't worry now they are sure that you need masks so definitely wear one of those uh they've been sure about that for months now uh sorry to interrupt you i know it's called the germ theory of disease and germ is singular in that phrase but they're talking about more than one just to be clear, like including some new ones mm-hmm. or, yeah. or novel ones, I guess you could say. <laughs> you would need to figure out new properties of those novel ones. But, but continue with the ways that you agree with the makers of Plandemic, you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> Tough but fair. Tough but fair. Uh, so then they told us we needed to wash our groceries and then that we actually don't. And then they told us that asymptomatic people didn't need to be tested. But then, yes, in fact, they did. And then this week, the CDC called Baxi's once again when, according to them, this is their story, they accidentally put on their website that COVID-19 can be spread through airborne transmission. Okay, just a quick reminder that all the other non-CDC countries also had a plague. (laughs) Right. The the mask recommendation changed once they knew there was sufficient exposure for widespread community transmission, which is when it should. And I've never heard anybody say anything about washing groceries. I guess maybe they did say that. But like, come on, it's not like that was a messaging thing. Uh, most of that paragraph could be aptly summarized as and then science happened. And I never bothered to see what that looked like before. It made me miss a lot of brunches. I like those brunches. Dot, dot, dot. Plandemic. Yeah. <laughs> but if you do look closely You'll see, um, I guess I'd call it a scientific uh, modus operandi or like method, method. Uh, of what you were describing. <laughs> CDC yeah. So yeah, previously, and I guess still, their website guy is, is getting to it. Anyways, COVID before was thought to be spread through droplets among people standing less than six feet apart. However, it seems the virus may suspend in aerosol... Aero... Aerosolized. Yeah, this should be really easy for them to figure out, this word you can't pronounce. (laughs) Uh, Aerosolized. It seems that the virus may suspend in aerosolized particles in the air and can therefore be transmitted to people more than six feet away, which would mean that recent guidance that it's okay to not be wearing masks if you're more than six feet away is wrong again. And scene. 
So that was Eli's impression of Jenny McCarthy describing the scientific method. (laughs) (laughs) How fun was that? So good with impressions. All right. So a CDC spokesman said of the leaked medical info, quote, a draft version of proposed changes to those recommendations was posted in error to the agency's official website. CDC is currently updating its recommendations regarding airborne transmission of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. Once this process has been completed, the update language will be posted. End quote. Fucking scientists with their precision and their rigor. Yeah, no, I get it. So boring. Just checking stuff all day. God. Yeah, look, I get it. CSS is tricky. But as soon as they get it worked out, you know, for realsies, they will tell us whether or not the deadly plague that's killed over 200,000 people in our country alone hangs in the air like a poison cloud. But they will get the fucking margins on the website correct first. Yeah, that's the details they were... Still working out. Yeah, they and all the other scientific bodies in the world, all of the greatest minds humanity has to offer, working in tandem together 24 hours a day around the clock, have not been able to hammer that down for you quite yet. Bunch of fucking slackers. You know what? We're going to make our own CDC, and our CDC is going to be so much better than their CDC. I'm in. Right? Are we being detained by the CDC? I think I could do. I read a strong claim. I could do as good a job as our current CDC. I'm pretty sure of that. All right. I don't doubt that you're pretty sure of that. (laughs) I mean, I'm just willing to bet that they can pronounce aerosolized without any help from the fucking panel. That's okay. Heath cut that from the podcast, so no one understands. What does CSS stand for? You made a joke about CSS language. What is Coding sick sucka suckers. Yep. Thank Nailed you. It. Nailed it. You do a lot of a lot of web design. Yep. Tons. Margins. Anyways, speaking of people who have done the math on you dying, let's turn things over to our next sponsor this week, Policy Genius. It's actually C plus plus yeses at the end. Of ah, I knew it. Hi, welcome to Typical Insurance Experience. Shake my hand too hard. Ow! Ow! What? Yeah. Hey, are you are you Crunch Biggins nope. by any chance? Nope. Common mistake. My name's Bunch Higgins. Oh, okay. Well, you're not even doing the spoonerism correctly. That's I fine. can't use spoons. Now, how can yep. I aggressively bully you into some insurance today? Okay, so is there any way I can shop for life insurance in a laid-back way? That helps me protect my loved ones when I'm gone. But oh, laid back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can use policygenius.com. Oh, what's policygenius.com? Uh, it's an insurance marketplace built and backed by a team of industry experts. Here's how it works. Step one, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Step two, apply for your lowest price. Step three, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. Okay, but I'm already here, I guess, so... What about you? What do you do? Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, Step one. I deliver an incredibly depressing monologue about my buddy who got eaten by bears without any insurance. Step two. Okay. Oh, that was... You you just said step two. It's really just step one? Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, that sounds um, bad. That sounds really bad. What about... 
Policy Genius, what do they do? Oh, well, Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance company. So if you hit any speed bumps during the application process, they actually take care of everything. They even have policies which allow eligible customers to skip the in-person medical exam and do it over the phone. Uh-huh. And what about you? Oh, I'm going to make you do 50 push-ups, and if you can, I'll charge you money for it for the rest of your life. Right, yep, that tracks. So if you need life insurance, head to policygenius.com right now to get started. You could save $1,500 or more a year by comparing quotes on their marketplace. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. All right, um, can I have one of the very old candies from the ball on your desk? Oh, I wish you wouldn't. All right. And we're back next up in headlines in I know it's played out, but they're literally trying to master debating news in the lead up to one of the Republican primary debates in 2016. An aide to Lindsey Graham was widely quoted in the press when he likened preparing for a debate with Trump in it to getting ready for a NASCAR race, knowing that one of the drivers would be drunk. <laughs> I love that That's analogy so much. Right. And that remains true for Biden when it comes to tomorrow's big debate, except that unlike Graham's team, He'll be facing just Trump, and by all accounts, Trump's only strategy is to try to rattle Biden by saying mean shit about his kids and stuff, which means it's like preparing for a race against a drunk guy who's more concerned with running you off the road than finishing the race. Yeah. (laughs) See, what Biden has to do is attach Trump's mask to a chain that hooks onto his (laughs) car. I saw. I know what to do. Right. No, and then you hook it on the wheel and the the tire Mm -hmm. will just... Yeah. Maybe just ban Confederate flags at the debates. <laughs> Trump will leave. Oh, yeah. there you go. Um, but yeah, you, you just kneel while they're uh, doing the Pledge of Allegiance or whatever, and he'll freak out. They'll... Oh, that would be the best mind fuck. Biden just took a knee during the first debate. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, so Tuesday night marks the first of three scheduled presidential debates between the two white guys that were older than I now am when dial-up internet was first offered commercially. By all accounts, Biden is settling for the more traditional practice, learn stuff, mock debate strategy, whereas Trump will be relying on his supporters being too stupid to know if he won or not. Okay, wow. All white people, idiot fans going around in circles, never getting anywhere. It's just like NASCAR. It really is. It's like NASCAR. (laughs) So every story I looked at mentioned that Trump's preparation largely consisted of testing out potential attacks on his advisors, <laughs> which means he's just been like periodically calling tall Tyler into his office all week and saying, oh, oh, what if I call him sloppy Joe like the sandwich? Right. <laughs> I mean, Noah, you know, sticks plays lady. Trump calls people names. You got to give your people what they <laughs> right, want. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, that's not to say that Biden couldn't still lose the debate. He remains Joe Biden, after all. And a number of his close aides have expressed concern that he's just going to, like, go all push-up contest when Trump calls his wife an ugly whore or something. And and, and as much as I'd owe Captain my captain the man if he just said, you know what, Donald, fuck you at some point in the night. He already has my vote, and that probably doesn't, you know, get a notch in the W column for the pundits. Yeah. Yeah, well, the pundits are pretty much all decided on who won the debate a week ago, a month ago, two, five years ago. The moderator could ask Trump, can you name five books? And when Trump says, no, I can't, Fox News is giving him a point for getting it right. It needs to be a contest with an objective winner and loser and like a scoreboard of some sort. Yeah. Like, honestly, a game of Trivial Pursuit would be way more useful 
than most of the debates I've seen recently. I, I, any of the debates I've seen. I mean, you know, like ultimately Andrew would just say his questions were harder. But yes, I agree. <laughs> um, now, Biden he aides, lost so hard. He it was so bad. <laughs> that was great. Biden aides have made it clear that their main goal in this debate is to make the affirmative case for their candidate. Um, he's going to try to avoid rolling in the shit with Trump. He's going to fact check him here and there. Uh, but they're saying his main goal is to stay on point, speak directly to the American people and prove that he can keep his cool, even as Trump resorts to schoolyard taunts and attacks on his family. And while Trump aides aren't saying it out loud or anything, their goals are to make sure that Trump doesn't confess to any felonies or commit any new ones while he's on the stage. And neither camp is feeling real good about their chances. (laughs) Okay, I just want to see Biden walk out, move his podium to the middle of the stage, and never acknowledge that Trump is in there. (laughs) Just like stand in front of him between Trump and the camera whenever Trump's talking. Donald, I hate to tell you, but you're in an invisible box. And Trump's just like, what? He can't do that. Get me out of here. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. He put me in the box. Trump's just doing the mime thing for the rest of the debate. (laughs) Now, we should note, however, that the Trump camp has been going out of their way to lower expectations and talk up what a great debater Biden is, which is odd Hmm. because it's both incredibly not true and (laughs) really hard to reconcile with the he's mentally unfit and incoherent attack that they've been selling up to this point. Trump even claimed at one point that Biden was taking performance enhancing drugs, whatever the hell those would be. I don't like steroids for the push-up contest no fucking clue but he said that at one point uh, it's the brain pills joe rogan pushes <laughs> oh yeah right he's been taking ginkgo biloba um but but the most important things to remember about the debates is that they don't fucking matter right like everyone agreed hillary mopped the fucking floor with trump three times it never made any difference i cannot imagine that anybody who is undecided at this point has the mental faculties required to like watch debates or process sentences, but one way or the other, they should be fucking entertaining, so mark your calendar. <sighs> if he gets Trump to do a push-up and vomit, it's going to be <laughs> yeah, so pretty good. Yeah, I mean, keep, people keep saying that like it would be a bad thing. That would be amazing. Yeah, right? <laughs> the, the winning strategy, at least historically, would just be like, hey, what are the three branches of government again, Don? Just remind me real quick. Hey, I've got this map. You want to point out Fredonia for everybody? And he starts running his hand along it. Yeah, too slow because it doesn't exist. I made up Fredonia. You're done. Great. We'll go back and forth naming states. First person to not think of a state. Oh, you're already lost. Never mind. (laughs) It should be a drinking game. They could play beer pong. It would be more useful. Oh, I would watch that. Oh, would Biden would crush him at beer pong. So, yeah, but whatever. Even if Trump didn't have to drink real beer, Biden would crush him at uh, beer pong. Jill Biden comes in for the tag-in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then Sarah Huckabee Sanders is coming in for the That's tag-in. True. That's fair. It's going to go badly. Melania. You know she's amazing Melania playing beer pong? I bet she's weirdly good at beer pong, too. Well, if she has to throw it instead of using other orifices. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fun images for everybody. <laughs> Moving on, and in coup no matter who news. <laughs> During a press conference last week, Donald Trump was asked, are you a maniacal dictator who's going to refuse to leave office when you get outvoted? Again, to be clear, again outvoted. You're, you're the president by negative three million votes, but will you leave if you lose the electoral college vote? And he responded, pass. Yep. 
And <laughs> I really, really wish I was exaggerating, but I'm not. No, no, that is more of a paraphrase than an exaggeration by anybody's metric. Yeah. Yep. The exact question was, will you commit here today to a peaceful transfer of power after the election? And Trump said, we're going to have to see what happens. Mm. Yeah. It's like it's like he doesn't get that peaceful is the operative word here. Like, right. Like, like there's going to be a transfer of fucking power. That part is not optional. What we're asking is, are we going to have to rough you up on the way out? Please say yes. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it is very hard to tell what Trump is going to do and say, even for him at this point. Yeah, well, so yeah. he, maybe he's just being honest. His aides were so confused. They, they were asked about it and they were like, I don't fucking know, man. What uh, is he serious? Who knows? His, <laughs> his words? What the fuck am I going to tell you? But yeah, that all really happened. Also, this is completely unrelated. I just thought of something. Um, the guillotine is considered illegal. Huh. Do you know that? Yeah. Anyway, just a random thought. <laughs> completely unrelated to that. Anyway, back to the story. So after refusing to say, yes, I'll leave the White House without grabbing doorways and going <laughs> limp and <laughs> shitting myself as a way to stop the bouncer. Get off saying me. that, Trump Grab continued. <laughs> Trump continued, get rid of the ballots and you'll have a very peaceful... And, and that's where he cut himself off for a second. Uh -huh. And the entire room of journalists are thinking, no, go ahead. Please finish your thought. Get rid of the ballots <laughs> and we'll have a very peaceful democracy. Is that what you're going to say? But Trump just kept going. He added, there won't be a transfer of power, frankly. It'll be a continuation. So let's just put that all together. The president of the United States said out loud, get rid of the ballots and we'll have a very peaceful election result. Yeah. Okay. But to be fair, when Putin said it to him, it sounded badass, right? It was very... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And let's also be as generous as we can here. I'm pretty sure Trump meant get rid of the mail-in ballots, but he's an idiot who can't get his thoughts to turn into face noises very well. Yeah. yeah. Also known as talking. He's not good at talking. <laughs> but regardless, during a pandemic... The statement is very similar either way. Ballot means mail-in ballot for a huge oh, number yeah. of people this year. And speaking of which, a day after Trump's remark, GOP Senator Rick Scott introduced a new bill that would require all the mail-in ballots to be counted within 24 hours of the polls closing on election day. <laughs> the By the way, thing. that bill is called... Help America Vote Act of 2020. Yeah, fuck. Because you. again, words don't fucking matter. No. Whatever. Thank you. Ignorance is strength. For Freedom Eli. is slavery. Great. And the bill would also prevent any state from even starting to count the mail-in ballots ahead of time at all. They want to put a shot clock on democracy <laughs> of, of less than 48 hours. You'd have to yep. start counting it the morning of election day and be done by the next night. Yep. Obviously, that would make it Literally impossible for everyone's vote to be counted. Okay, well, excuse Rick Scott for trying to make things fun by adding a little game to the proceedings. But, you know, I guess we'll just count all the votes at whatever speed that takes. Gah! Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Heath. We will. Uh, like, if we put the ballot at the end of a Ninja Warrior course, Americans would have more incentive to lose weight. What do you have against health? <laughs> oh, What's your problem and with ninjas. <laughs> well... Following Trump's remark that he's going to check in the back for a democracy and get back to us with the inventory on that, 
the Republican-controlled Senate actually had to come out and make a dedicated resolution that said, okay, no, the fuck he's not doing that. We're still doing <laughs> democracy. Except they didn't even mention Trump in the resolution. They didn't say it like that. It basically said, hey, everybody, apropos of nothing, we're the U.S. Senate, and our job today is making an official statement that elections are still real. There's no reason. We're just saying that just <laughs> so everybody knows. <laughs> and in Leave Me in a Holidays news, the CDC, those awesome people I mentioned in my first story. Uh, you mispronounced demonized. Do you want to record oh. that? <laughs> Those awesome demons I mentioned in my first story have released its wow. recommendations for celebrating the fall holidays this year. And the verdict is don't don't yeah. don't have any holidays this fall in any way you could possibly conceive of those holidays, because if you do, you might die. So you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Hey, you guys, yeah, you know, all the stuff we've been recommending for less dying, uh, the stuff we're, we're recommending all that stuff for October 30th and November 1st. <laughs> Um, same for the 31st, just yeah, to strange, be clear, strangely enough, just in case yeah. that wasn't obvious, we're going to do it for all the days coming up. Yeah. And look, I don't think this is news to anybody, right? We all knew Thanksgiving and Halloween were canceled this year, but this does give me a chance to talk about my new pandemic hobby. Hit it, Morgan. Nope. Yes, okay. Morgan, Morgan will not be hitting it. Collecting terrible try this instead advice from government agencies. And this, thank you. Yes. Try this instead. A new segment. And the CDC has really outdone itself this month. Well, okay. But to be clear, this hobby clearly peaked when New York State recommended glory holes. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Yeah, that is true. That's true. <laughs> so uh, for Halloween... They recommend stuff that was already low risk, like carving pumpkins or decorating your house. But they also recommend, quote, doing a Halloween scavenger hunt where children are given lists of Halloween themed things to look for while they walk outdoors from house to house, admiring Halloween decorations at a distance, end quote. But my favorite recommendation is they recommend having a virtual Halloween costume contest. Oh, yeah, just dress up in a room by yourself. That won't feel sad and suicidally lonely at all. <laughs> Jesus. Check out the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows if you get the chance to. <laughs> Imagine losing a virtual Halloween costume contest. Sadly taking off your Spider-Man <laughs> makeup. Um, fucking Cobra Kai Gi. I thought that was awesome. Whatever. You guys are assholes. So what do you mean ta Tiger King is over? Tiger King's never... Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, but don't worry, there's more fun on the way. I know many of our listeners uh, will actually be happy to give up Thanksgiving this year and hell, every year. But just in case you love your family, don't worry. The CDC has some great recommendations instead of gathering, including, quote, having a virtual dinner and sharing recipes with friends and family. And if you're feeling risky, this one is moderate risk. So buckle in. They suggest... Visiting pumpkin patches or orchards where people use hand sanitizer before touching pumpkins or picking apples, wearing masks is encouraged or enforced, and people are able to maintain social distancing. Great, great. Looking forward to seeing clown cars of Republicans driving around orchards and pumpkin patches having apple fucking parties right in our faces, <laughs> putting it on Instagram. All right, My so dick's in this pumpkin, idiot libs. There you go. <laughs> I just all I, our dicks are in the pumpkin now. Eight of us. So I touching just, dicks. I want to emphasize you're gay. The fact that under the Trump administration, 
We literally had to cancel giving thanks. We did. We right? we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just in case a looming cold fall filled with the news of more death and the startling realization that the people who are supposed to save us are so bad at their jobs they can't schedule a website update, don't worry. You can stand in a field next to a pumpkin covered in hand sanitizer. And I think <laughs> I think we all agree that is just as good as seeing your family. <laughs> Well, and scene. <laughs> the scene actually wasn't over before. Now, Eli's done trying to explain the CDC as Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, right. No, if, if there's anybody to blame for this, it's definitely the people working the hardest to fix the problem, many of whom <laughs> listen to our show. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Such a good scene, Eli. Good skit. Funny. And finally tonight, in Graham Cracker news. Yeah! Lindsey Graham may not get to be a senator anymore. And that makes him super sad. Very sad. And we, learned that. <laughs> and we learned all about that last Thursday when he turned two Fox News appearances into pleas for campaign donations so melodramatic, I was surprised there weren't flies crawling over his face as he did them. In response to his opponent's phenomenal advantage in fundraising, Graham begged Sean Hannity's audience, quote, Help me. They're killing me money-wise. Help me. You did last week. Help me again. End quote. He's so desperate. Right? And this, well, that came only a few hours after he told the Fox and Friends audience with a shocking amount of self-awareness, quote, I'm being killed financially. This money is because they hate my guts. End quote. Yeah, it is. I'm, yeah, he's got us, right? Like, yep. I, I could not tell you his opponent's name with a gun to my head, but. I did give him money. I did give that person money. <laughs> Jamie Harris. Yeah, Lindsey Graham sounds mad. I mean, not like accused rapist having to answer questions before becoming a Supreme Court justice for life mad, but yeah, like, but pretty mad still about all this. Very upset, yeah. Now, it, it's worth taking a second to emphasize that according to the fiction that Fox News still sells, they're a news network that does the news. Right. Easy to lose track of that. But they say they're that rather than an unofficial arm of the GOP. And as patently ridiculous as that is, we have to remind ourselves that a substantial portion of the Fox News audience actually believes it, which somehow got even harder when their contributors started just blatantly asking for campaign donations. I mean, they said that they're a real news network it's on a real fair. news network. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, they vouched for them. Uh, what's more, according to Fox News, they had no fucking clue that he was going to do this either time. Right. They brought him on to talk about like one thing. And he was like, nope, I'm going to talk about your audience's bank accounts instead is what I'm talking about. <laughs> motherfuckers. Hey, quick thing. Lindsey Graham, I know you're listening. Um, I don't know if you heard, but Act Blue got about 30 million dollars in donations in the 12 hours after RBG passed away. So, <laughs> just a thought. You, know, you like, really need to make some money. money. I mean, yeah. take one for the team, buddy. Oh, a beautiful, sensual thought, Ethan. Right? A beautiful, <laughs> sensual thought. Um, I should note, by the way, that Fox News saying that they were caught off guard might also have an ass covering purpose. See, see, uh, their cover story about being a news network. Uh, that does the news. That's not just some bullshit that they tell their audience. It's also some bullshit that they tell the FCC, right? Which affords them more latitude when it comes to, say, giving away free, valuable advertising to a Senate candidate in a hugely popular primetime show. If they weren't really the news as a 
judge actually just decided in the terms of the exact show we're talking about, that would make them a corporate contributor to the Graham campaign. And seeing as how there were no on-screen disclosures or anything, that would be illegal as all fuck. Okay, and while there's zero chance of any kind of enforcement action against Fox News on this one, the Lincoln Project did release a video where they play Sarah McLaughlin over Graham's solicitations, <laughs> so we at least got the next best thing. Awesome. Eli, can you give us a little Sarah McLaughlin? Hit it, In Eli. The, uh, oh, can I actually give you how much? It's like 11 seconds. If, if, if you're singing it, it's fine. You can you do the fine. whole song. thing, which is what I was hoping you would do. There it is. Keep going. Just keep going. And on that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Sarah McLaughlin. Thanks to Jenny McCarthy. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giveaway-free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like all our new donors who will have their genitals complimented the next time around. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you're loving this rendition and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, or even if you don't like this rendition, either way, check out our brother and sister shows, Skating Atheist, God Awful Movies, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed. I kept thinking you were going to be done, but you weren't. It's amazing. Yep, he's still going. Fantastic. (laughs) All those shows are available on Apple Music, Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or the deep web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today. All of them. All of the musical stylings (laughs) you heard were Ryan Slotnick's fault. I'm Ryan Slotnick right (laughs) now. Evil Giraffes on Mars is responsible for every musical and non-musical noise you heard today. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. Okay, so you're doing Sarah McLaughlin at the end forever now. That's, <laughs> That's the new outro. Okay, you had to press two buttons this time. Exactly two. Many buttons. So many buttons. What'd you do? What'd you accomplish just now? I scrolled. First I scrolled. Then I clicked where I wanted to be in the dock. Do you have like one, two, three, four, five written down somewhere in a separate dock that I don't know about? <laughs> Because that's what's about to happen. Then my, my, phone, then my phone buzzed. Well, he only has four and five written down. Cause... Yeah, this is how I get to, this is why I keep the dock open. One, two, five. Jesus See, you can't, now you're in my head. This is on you. To be fair, he's not using his notes. Will you go to your script? <laughs> I'm on my dock now. Thank now you. I'm on my dock. Kind of sound like an old woman smoker now, kind of transition. You feel like I changed? You ch- I feel like your voice I changed feel like a your jaw bit. started to hurt midway through and you were like, I can't really commit to this all the way for the last bit. Yeah, like Are someone okay? forgot how much my voice hurts their voice. Yeah, right. Just yeah. like that. Yeah, like I was slowly changing into Floon Poff for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I should have Hey, Ben Carson, what do you think about Policy Genius? <laughs> well, thank you so much for asking, Heath. <laughs> They'll bet money that you won't die. Yeah, I'm going to take your candy. No. Yep. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.